for people that don't know and people that might not have heard you, how would you describe your music? I mean, when we talked, you said inaccessible music. I think I said unlistenable. <laughs> Lamb of God is not a household name that everybody talks about, but at the same time, they're one of the biggest heavy metal bands around. I never dreamed that we would be nominated for a Grammy or having the number two record in the country when we... This type of music and, and with our fans, we evoke very visceral, emotional response. Metal has always been a very organic and honest outlet to get all those demons out. When I hear Lamb of God, I hear many things that I think. I realize that I'm not alone. That I know is because of metal music. There's this, always this feeling of breaking free that comes from this kind of music. It's crazy. I fly around the world and get paid to scream. I feel like they're going to find out. I don't know who they are or what they're going to find out, but they're going to find out and it's all going to be over. I'm doing lousy, Brian. I got a singer in prison in Czech Republic charged with murder. How do you think I am? We've learned the lead singer of one of Richmond's most popular bands has been arrested and charged with manslaughter. He's being blamed for the death of a fan. Guys, the investigators have a long videotape. A fan ran on the stage. Supposedly, Randy pushed him back into the crowd. He's facing 10 years in prison. That's a very long time. It's scary that there are very real possibilities this could go very poorly. We believe that he is innocent. We're trying to balance out the, the emotion of somebody losing their life at our show. A family lost their son and brother. This is our lives. This is everything that we've built up. And now it's like... This kid's family, man. I need to know what happened. I want to look him in the eye and tell him. Can you explain what stage diving means? And what does it mean, mushing? Can you explain why some witnesses characterized your behavior as aggressive? Hopefully I'll never have to go back in there again. It's not nice in there. And it felt like the right thing to do to come back, even though it sucks. Sometimes doing the right thing isn't the most comfortable thing. It's not a story I can write, it's just a story I can live and hope for the best. We'll see what happens. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Test, test. I can hear you. We are rolling. Episode 85. Very good. 85. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, seven seconds ago. Of Tell me where to turn after, after an unexpected bye week yeah what happened last week let's honestly i can't remember what did happen get to the bottom of that i feel I like i feel like that you were evasive with your ability to record one night it was just like guys i can't come over over it's important to finish that sentence yeah then i feel like it got ah. down to the last possible moment and then suddenly you were like yeah i can't do it no, but that was a different day, though. The day, the, the normal agreed upon day. I don't know what happened. Well, I was, I was, I felt like I wanted to probe, but you seem pretty evasive about giving details. Uh, you just well, said something I, about a colonoscopy. No, it was not that. Um, but I was not advised of a certain event that my love partner had scheduled 
that it conflicted with our recording time, and I didn't know until maybe an hour or two before scheduled time, and then I was like, yeah, this is not going to happen now. So instead of just taking the obligatory nut kick from us about who's running the show over there, you just kind of kept it intentionally vague. and Yep. And you've had so many health problems lately, I felt even felt guilty asking about what it could possibly be. Kind of a HIPAA violation type thing. We take those seriously. Each one, each oh, individual violation results in a fine. Uh, I'm, I'm very aware. Is in, that true here and in Liberia? <laughs> I'm going to edit this out. <laughs> so just as a uh, general health update, how are we feeling this week? We've been just fine. Gym every day? Well, every day that I normally go. Deadlifts? Of course. Good. We're 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 doing fine. It benefited from a nice seven to eight pound weight loss that we've we've maintained that. So very nice. Was know? that was that just um, from not eating as much? Oh yeah, I mean from the outset, and then even the the week or so that followed, I was eating about fifty sixty percent of what I normally would. So, I guess the the next question is, what's the alcohol intake been like? Extremely minimal. I think that has that's probably to do a with factor it. as well. They say those are sneaky calories. Yeah, I think there's been since we got over that, and uh, you know, not wasn't doing that while I was taking heavy medications that were for anthrax and parasites. Uh, there's probably been like one Knob Creek and one single beer in the last wow. two plus weeks. That's why I'm drinking the official beer of rollerblading tonight, because it's only 95 calories. Yep. It's good for you. It's like a vegetable. So is the pain in your abdominal region all gone? Yeah. I'm I'm more paranoid about it than anything else. Like phantom pain paranoid? Not quite to that extreme, but like even like a slight hunger pain or, you know, sometimes you kind of turn and you kind of, you know, just strain a little little ab or whatever and, and then you're like it's all, it's all happening I'm, again exactly so did they ever did the uh did the gi doctor ever tell you or give you any uh lead will, on how this could have happened or what caused it or what you could do to prevent it from happening again i think we should be able in uh two weeks roughly we should be able to finally close the door on causation and so why, why and two that. weeks did they have to send it off to a like a CDC lab or something? <laughs> yeah. All the various stool samples. No, I mean, without, without violating HIPAA, elaborate a little bit why, why we still don't have a diagnosis. Because uh, I don't go back to see the, the doctor again until first week of June. So, like, if we called him right now, he might know. You just don't go back no, to see No, I need him. to have another uh, scan done, too. Stool sample? I, if they ask for it, they'll get it. <laughs> Could you deliver one on command if asked? <laughs> Like the Tim Hortons video? Oh. That was amazing. You had to do that big one. <laughs> Man, on... Just a little one. Uh, I don't... Is it in the morning, or is it just at a random part of the day? No, no. I, it's just at a random part whenever your appointment is. And Yeah, I don't know. You know, because I had a physical recently, and they, they came in and said, are you, are you prepared to give a urine sample? And I'm like, I could do that. I could get enough for a urine sample. Yeah, because you don't need anytime. much. No. They they just, just need just a little TT right. But I always just so there aren't any awkward moments or delays. I always down like a sixteen ounce glass of water right before I walk in for a physical. But then what if the delay works out the other end? 
they're like, sir, it's going to be an extra 30, and you're just <laughs> sitting there pinching it off in the waiting room. Yeah. No, I, I could not deliver a stool sample on command. In fact, Ugh. the way things have been going for me lately, I, it may be like three to four days before I could get back to you on that sample. Yeah, that's, that's its, own, its own medical problem. So I uh, went to the Wildflower Festival on Saturday. Oh. As we slowly segue toward the topic of of music for the remainder. I really wanted to make it out for that. In fact, I'm I'm disappointed that we didn't do it. We had we had family in town and just a lot going on and we even even to the point of eight or nine o'clock at night we're still talking about I wonder if there's still time to get out there for Jimmy Eat World. Oh yeah, they didn't go until ten thirty. Yeah. And we, we almost made a call to the babysitter just to see. Just it the last been minute. Pretty uh, just walking in on the day of it would have been pretty pricey. Like, it didn't look like it was that expensive. Uh, you would have paid. I can't remember if it was either thirty-five or forty bucks a person. That's pricey. Uh, to see one band. I, I don't there? know that I've ever been to a concert where I paid less than thirty dollars for my ticket ever. Uh, I still think for where it's at. I mean, they set up a stage near the Dart Station. So, and there's always like moving. V- yeah. Oh wow. That's where the, that's where they played. That's where Jimmy Eat World. Yeah, played? and it was the dart running. It does. Oh, and it's, it just looks real cheap back there because the train comes by every once in a while, and it's there's in Richardson. There's like a rider truck back there. It you know it's it's not low rent, but it's not your top of the line. It's venue. not a, it's not ACL. I I definitely wouldn't know. So what was the crowd? Was it was it packed? There were a lot of people there. Good. I mean, I've only been a couple times before, and it's been six or seven years since I'd gone. But I think for for them, which we only saw very little of them because of other circumstances that are unfortunate that had occurred the day before that have affected my family, that we don't really know. need to go into detail. Oh, Wow, I was about to get bear trap bad there. Yeah, don't. We're just about to go back with ileitis humor. No, again. Th- this is this is actual serious stuff. But anyway, so but that that event didn't deter you from going. It deferred deterred you from staying. Well, the the event was going to be a distraction from having to think about the other. Yes. And then as we got late in the night, it was determined I not in the real mood for the distraction. I need to go home type of thing. So. Um, but we we got there in the afternoon, checked the place out. Yeah, they got a bunch of stuff for sale there. I didn't buy anything, but they got cool stuff to look at. I believe there was a certain church that had a booth there, too, if I'm not mistaken. One that I go to once every six weeks? Yeah, one that has a uh, Worship East venue. I did not see that. Oh, you didn't? No, they, were, didn't. they, were, they were hyping it big that they were going to oh. be out there. In We're, fact, they were looking for volunteers. Was it anywhere near the craft beer tent? Because <laughs> that the first three hours, I spent a lot of time there, wow. and, we, and we discovered. Uh, so you're looking at the list of bands, and you know, well-known bands in the evening and at night, and then in the afternoon, like three, four o'clock. You know, it's lesser-known stuff. Pepper theft. Well, there was a band on one of the like small si- side stages called Soul Patrol. And I was like, that sounds familiar. But I didn't read anything about it. Yeah, why does that sound familiar? Well, we quickly figured out after... We, and they, they were not terrible. But um, 
we quickly figured out two or three songs in that you know what thinking we thought they were snow patrol (laughs) oh that's what it is they're not snow patrol they're soul patrol i've seen snow patrol but they would actually probably fit the overall i I think that's why we were yeah that a bit fooled by that wouldn't be like a big outlier for that festival so so the gin blossoms they look terrible because they're like 60 yeah indeed and then i found out afterwards from a guy that that uh i work with that they kicked one of the members out of the band because he was an alcoholic, and then he subsequently killed himself. So, Merry Christmas! Your gin blossoms, fun fact. Okay. Um, was it was it pretty hot out there? I mean, when we got there in the afternoon, it was because it's about ninety degrees outside. But mm-hmm. th- where they put the stages, especially the like the main one, there are enough buildings around there that once it gets at after like six or six thirty, it's basically almost everything's in the shade. And then, like, when the dart would go by, it would, like, be a big <laughs> gust of wind to cool you off. Yeah, that good train wind. <laughs> Just that pushing that air back through. You'd smell the homeless. <laughs> um, the dart, hey, the dart has a unique smell, and, and I could, as much as I used to ride it back in the day, I, I could pick that smell out anywhere. It wasn't the first time I'd seen him, but it was the first time I'd seen him probably since 2010, but Switchfoot puts on a pretty good little show. Really? Yeah. I, I think somehow, despite my upbringing, I have never seen Switchfoot. But I did like some of their songs, so I uh, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Yeah, I think just so they weren't good even performance. they weren't even the in the headline slot, huh? They were they were b- right before Jimmy Eat World. Okay, and so they had two main stages, and they alternate. Like one starts at nine, the other at nine thirty. Oh, so, so they don't overlap. Oh, they do overlap. Okay, yeah. So they kind of keeps the crowd thinned out. And then when Jimmy World comes up, they've got it to themselves. Yeah, by the time the Goo Goo Dolls, which we saw a little bit of on our like way out, I have seen them. Um, eh, I'm good. Really? I mean, I don't think they're terrible or worthless yeah. or anything like that. But like as we, they were playing one of the two or three songs that I would recognize immediately. And then once I'd heard a couple of those, and then they played something that they said was new, and I was like, yeah, this, <laughs> yeah. this is bad. As soon as he said new, you were yeah. like, well, I was out. Go back to the red line. Which is is a theme for you know a lot of these bands, which uh, like the Gin Blossoms have a new album coming out. I can't believe that, that people like Gin Blossoms and even Goo Goo Dolls are, are still trying to make their way in this world with new music. It so, feels like they've got such a catalog to to live off of yeah. that they could just be doing this nostalgia right. tour thing and not worry about it so they uh they played say you know 12 13 songs well a handful of them are the the ones that we you know grew up listening to that stuff in the 90s you've heard a million times right and then you'd notice they'd be like all right yeah we've got a new album coming out in a couple of weeks it's called whatever and here's a new song off of it and then immediately like three-fourths of the crowd would just start looking at their phones and just waiting until this was over and until we can get to hey jealousy. <laughs> but a um, sad state of affairs for our world. But we mentioned Switchfoot. They didn't they didn't do that because apparently whatever being on hiatus means, they mentioned they've been on hiatus like not playing shows or anything. Like they got because of the other bands on the bill kind of convinced them just to be a part of it. Oh, so they, they just kinda came into this cold? Yeah. They didn't they didn't play anything this is off our new album this is a new it was it was all not all songs that i knew but it was all established songs and then they played like two cover songs and they were out of there 
man, that's that's a way to cash a check and get out of there, make the crowd happy, and go home. Yeah, go back to San Diego and with all their money. Apparently so. If they got enough money to go on hiatus, I don't have enough money to go on hiatus. I'd love to. I'd love to take about a nine-month hiatus. What do you think? Uh, what do you think a member of Switch Switchfoot's <laughs> celebrity net worth is? Are we in seven figures? Yeah, probably. They sold a lot of albums probably 10 years ago, and they probably did some big tours. And you think there's a lot of some kind of syndication-type royalties because certain Perhaps. youth groups are using <laughs> songs or, you know. Now, I do feel like celebrity net worth doesn't take into account expenditures as much as they probably should. So, I mean, I think there's also a likelihood that they all had set several seven-figure years, but their net worths are in negative numbers right now, too. Living in San Diego can't be cheap. Unless you're living on the beach. So um, that's my Wildflower Festival review. I wish I could have made it out, but I also wish I could have got a Jimmy Eat World review because that would have been really the only thing compelling me to go out there. So, okay, let's, let's, let's go to that. Because we saw little to nothing of them. Because the part other party was ready to go, so I had some obvious familiarity with their catalog. Yeah, and and some of their old stuff still gets a fair amount of radio play even to this day. But I went to like setlist.org a couple days after the show, and they play like twenty three songs. So th- they played probably for an hour and a half at least. They were probably playing till midnight that night. Headliner, but that's what you're gonna do. There wasn't a single title that I recognized until they got to songs 21, 22, and 23. Really? Which were like the, the mega hits. The middle? Yes. <laughs> and Sweetness and huh. another so one that I can't ri- remember They made now. people ride it out there for an hour plus before they got to anything that anybody had heard? Well, I didn't do any big research, but... But I, you know, no. But your your familiarity with their catalog is not going to be any different than mine. I don't. I haven't. I'm not a devoted fan, but I like most everything they play of theirs I mean, on the I, radio. I probably probably could go. Uh, I'd say seven deep. Yeah. When it, when it goes to probably. number number of songs that I can reel hey, off. Let's try. We got a podcast here. Well, I don't know by title. I'd probably have to get into like singing it, but I'm not going to do that. Oh come on, you can go by title. Uh, so the middle. And sweetness, yeah. Bleed American, yeah. So it's called. Yeah, it's also the name of an album. Yeah. Uh, Praise chorus, yeah. That's four. I'm a big fan of that one. Yeah, I can't no, believe they didn't play song. that. There was they one, didn't even play that. No. There was one that's a slower song. I think there, it was on the Butterfly Effect soundtrack. I can't remember what it's called. Well, one song of theirs that I really like is called Big Casino. That was on there. Good song. And then... Uh, I do remember that one. Coffee and Cigarettes. Good song. I don't recall that one. Yeah. I don't At like six, those things. We almost got there. Well... You said the middle, right? Did we say that? Maybe not. Maybe that's seven. That's the one, take some time, everybody take some time, everybody, yeah, everybody take some the, time. Yeah. yeah, so we didn't see much of them, but um, it sounds like exactly what you're saying i would have been there for an hour and 15 minutes just kind of looking up at the sky scratching your head yeah wondering what what the f we're doing <laughs> so i guess we should uh introduce ourselves in the show now that well, we're half is, an hour in this has got to be a record yeah okay well we're, we're kind of vamping here for 
member number three to I pop think, through the door. I think member number three didn't do the homework. That's what I think. And now he's just bailed by saying I'm running late. Yeah, and I think he's trying to like structure this whole thing so that he doesn't have to contribute to the actual part that he was supposed to contribute to. Well, you can find the show at where to turn pod on Twitter, and you can find me at Glenn three underscore eleven. You can find me at Tommy two underscore zero, and you can find Point Break Dave somewhere in the greater Plano area. Right running, now. running late. If you, <laughs> if you see someone tonight that's running late, it could be Point Break Dave. Could be him. And we even started late to accommodate him, and he's still not here. Yeah, this is a this is a late night. You know, I like to get get to bed early. This is not. This is not how we normally do things. Oh, he's he's just now leaving his wherever he's at. Okay, he's just now leaving Buck's Cabaret. <laughs> so how long? He's, he's a good half hour out. Well, I think we got to. I think we got to get into the main event here. I think we should. So it's a Super Bowl documentary payoff finally. So here we are, darn near into June. We're just now getting around to the Super Bowl bet payoff. Documentary, as the palaces burn about the heavy metal band Lamb of God and their lead singer's manslaughter trial. So what were your expectations going in? So my expectations going in were, one, that it was going to be a lot more about the music, which I'm not a fan of the genre. And I also did not know anything about the band, so my expectations going in were that the band members were going to be a lot different than they were, were actually portrayed in the show. Okay. So I guess I guess what I was what I was expecting going in was the band members were going to be some kind of cross between like, you know, just full throttle you know, drugs, alcohol, maniacs, not much in the way of redeeming qualities and I thought it was going to be a lot more about the music than it ended up being. I think that was the intent when they first started making it. Mm-hmm. Because obviously the lead singer being arrested and then tried for manslaughter for an event that had occurred years prior was not expected. That wasn't in the script. That would be what we call a happy accident, I guess, if you're a filmmaker, is that you're you're doing one thing and then you end up backing into this incredible story. Yeah. So just through my uh through my notes, I definitely uh jotted down that all the members of the ba- the band come off with a pretty significant amount of humility in this whole thing. Absolutely. And and really, and I think this is probably true for a lot of entertainers, is is what you saw of them on the stage was so different than how they acted off the stage as far as how docile and not low energy, but just just not not these really big, strong, crazy personalities. They Everybody seemed to have a lot more... Uh, of a down-to-earth quality yeah. to him than what I was expecting. In fact, when it starts, you you kind of get introduced to Randy, who's the lead singer of the band, right away. And and you know, the first note I had written down was was he was not at all what I expected. Like he was he was instantly likable for me. And yeah, I, and I was going in kind of because the point of this whole thing was a bet payoff. So I think there's a, there's an <laughs> element of it where you're trying to make it be something that you know is going to annoy the other people. So I think my expectation going in was you picked this to annoy me. And I'm kind of watching the first little vignette of Randy talking about his upbringing and being homeless for a little while. Living by the river. Living down by the river. And I'm like, man, I kind of like this guy. I'm kind of interested to see where this goes. So it, my, my first five minutes of it was actually really different because I was 
I was prepared to just be like hit in the face with just terrible music and screaming and just be like ticked off that I'm gonna have to ride this out for an hour and a half. And instead, I'm like, man, I like this guy. Yeah, I like Randy. He's, he seems like a cool guy. He noted that his during later the documentary that his dad was a minister. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I will. I did also notice though. So they do as they're as they're setting the stage, which which you would do as a filmmaker. They're kind of interspersing footage from their previous concerts with Randy talking about his upbringing where he was. And I will say this: the uh, the shots they're showing from the concerts looked like zero fun to me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine something I'd want to be doing less than that. It looked so dangerous and so violent and so uncomfortable. From from the audience perspective, um, I would say, as Dave would tell you, if you want the ultimate, there's only one way to get it. So when you go to see bands like Lamb of God or see Lamb of God or bands in that genre, are you right in the thick of that or are you on the periphery of that? Uh, these days, it's kind of a mix between the two. If we're going back 15 or 20 years, then yeah, right in the middle of it the entire time. But these days, it's kind of... They will just dabble a little bit, and then I'll then I'll step back. But I mean, they were showing images where they would they would divide down the middle and then just run into each other so, at full speed. I mean, have you ever done this? Yes, but I won't do it again. So it didn't end well. Uh, one time in particular, I kind of got right in the middle and just got crunched by everybody, and it did not feel good. That that is something that I believe is referred to as the wall of death. Yes. So and they're not the only band that does that. That that's usually they prompt the crowd to split in half, and then essentially when the song kicks in, just one side just runs as fast as they can towards the other. No, they showed a video of it, and I'm I'm just watching watching that going. <laughs> so what if you're just standing there trying to enjoy it, and that starts to happen? Like, what are you doing to get to the sideline as fast as possible? You got to have your head on a swivel. If you're anywhere near that, yeah, that you don't know when somebody's going to get knocked over, knocked backwards into you either. It's preposterous. So you only got to get, you know, where all that opens up. You just got to get about two people deep behind it. Just have a buffer. You need at least one, a one to two person buffer, and I can see over ninety five percent of the people that are there. So hey, bragging montage. Wow, I'm tall, but must uh, be nice. Yeah, if you do that, then you can just stand there and enjoy it. And there could just be chaos going on six feet from you, but it's not going to get to you. So a couple other things is they're kind of setting the stage for the tour. So they do introduce you to the other, to the other band members. And I also noticed that, that really Lamb of God's been around forever. They talk about their longevity, but there's really only one guy in the band that really looks old. That has I think like they're all about the same age, Gray though. hair, but everybody else looks looks okay. Like It's not like you said about the gin blossoms where if you go to see him yeah. and you're like, look at these old guys, there's really only one, you know, one kind of Santa Claus looking dude, but so, everybody else seemed to be holding it, holding it together pretty well. I think they're all, well, when this was made at least, they were all in their early to mid 40s. And I think some of them now might be, you know, 47. I think Randy's like 47 or 48. But I mean, this was filmed in 2012, 2013. So we're going back, you know, five, six years. But the dude who's got the gray hair and the gray beard. So the first time I ever saw them in person, I was I actually went to see some bands that were opening for them, but I knew who they were, but I didn't really follow them closely. So this is probably 06. So this makes them in their mid-30s 
if that back then. That guy had gray hair and a gray beard then. Because I remember he walked out and they all the rest of everybody else looks like they're in the thirties, and I'm like, who's the old man that plays with him? So he clearly suffers from premature aging. I possibly. Maybe that's not the only premature just premature hair yeah, aging. Hopefully nothing else, but they have pills for that. They had some commentary early on as they're establishing the the cult following and, and where they fit in into the metal scene. They had some other bands commenting on them, including Guar. <laughs> and they're in full costume. Have doing, you never heard doing, of Guar? No, I have loose familiarity with Guar, but I couldn't believe that, that these guys, even for the documentary, are in their full costumes. Have you ever seen Guar? No. Okay. I have not. But I did. Well, I was get, hoping to get a Guar story out of I, you. No, my only Guar story is a guy I used to work with used to use them as a default reference that that was all I listened to. And one year he f- he found and sent me a Happy Valentine's Day card from Guar, which I kept for a long time, but I don't have it anymore. And then they also showed a little bit of the guy's home lives, including a basketball scene where the guy's playing basketball in full metal gear. He's yeah. got his skinny jeans on and his That's, chains and that his is, uh, black t-shirt. I mean, so these guys, they can't be seen just wearing like a nice track suit or something. They, they got to be in... Maybe they in don't you, have it. ...in full uniform at all times. But that's uh, guitarist Mark Morton, who I think comes off maybe as the most... Normal? Yeah, maybe the most normal <laughs> I out of everybody. Because he was very much like, hey, I'm just a dude. I like to, you know play out in the backyard with my daughter and grill steaks and play basketball yeah. and I get to play guitar for a living. Like he's just a guy I think you could just sit down and have a conversation with. He makes a compelling case. They also tease during the opening that the band doesn't necessarily all get along. So not at least not, distort- in a, not in a point where they're about to like come apart at the scenes, but they kind of insinuated that maybe they're not all just best friends when yeah. they're not touring. That, yeah, th- that they're not living in... Di- not like you and I are. Where Obviously. We, just, we, can't, we have to call each other every night because we just, we just can't stand to be apart. Yeah. But I, I think you're right that they are not... Yeah, they're not the four or five best friends that anyone could have. Right. They, I mean, they all this under, is a business venture. They understand that they've hit on something magical together and they all realize that their best path in making a lot of money in this world is keeping it together, and they're good with that. And a lot of money is a relative term, as, you know, Mark seems to have a nice house, but... Right, but it doesn't appear that they're uh, they're living like the Bono and Edge lifestyle. No. I mean, the drummer is just kind of living in a townhouse-looking place in, in Richmond, and he drives a Prius. So he's certainly not running his Lambo into a a light pole and getting on his electric bike <laughs> by any means. I feel like that maybe somebody else who did that probably doesn't have the money to be doing that either, but that's well, another story yeah. for another podcast. They start the tour out in Columbia, and we get to meet this very unique guy, Oscar the Taxi Driver. Now, this, is a ver- this is a very... In the documentaries that I've... Musical documentaries, and in this genre, I don't know if it crosses into other ones, but in this genre, this is very... A very common theme of we're going on tour. Let's find the two or three fans and find out like how much they like this band and how much they're into this band and the weird things that they will say. Because I made a note that well, Oscar has something really shocking to say that he thinks about cutting people's heads off. Yeah, he says that he wants to take a machete to the heads 
uh, of people in the streets, but Lamb of God music helps him. <laughs> I just made a note that we may have to keep an eye on this guy. Yeah. We may want to put Oscar like a little flag by his entry in the database. Yeah. And then they show the steering wheel in the taxi cab he's driving, and it's all just beat to crap because he's just constantly pounding his hands on it, listening to Lamb of God music. Does the uh, steering wheel in your Silverado look like that? Steering wheel is, is, doing, is doing fine, but there are plenty of comments that, whether it's him or who's the next person we get, well, I just I didn't write down the name of the next person, but what I did write, what I thought was funny, is they're going to all these foreign countries and they're talking to these people that like clearly English is their second or third language. Yeah. But they're but they're still trying to drop like heavy metal lingo and, and f bombs and like be real American sounding, but it doesn't. It's not very convincing because it's real clear that they're like a little unsure yeah. of the terminology. I think the girl from India that that yes. came off a little more awkwardly. Yes, than she's she's trying to just overcuss like Jason Garrett. And yeah. It just I'm just not buying any of it. But yeah, I you know, I don't doubt their story, but I don't know. There's some of that music in general or this music really helped them get through tough times in their lives and maybe even they want to harm themselves, but they listen to this really calm them down. That seems a little bit counterintuitive. And I don't understand in any way how that kind of music could help calm you down. I don't know. So it gives me just anxiety just Maybe thinking about that kind of music. In some ways, it's therapeutic. I just kind of think it's kick-ass. I mean, <laughs> I don't get any other deep meaning out of it or anything like that. And we've been joined by someone. Wow. Hello, gentlemen. Hey. At point break <laughs> underscore Dave. Oh, he's here. <laughs> We're 59 minutes in. <laughs> Just getting ready to... Yeah, just tying it off, tying a bow on this one. Well, to wrap up here, no, we're... Glad glad I got to make it. Honestly, even showing up this late, when I pulled up, I was pretty sure I was going to see Glenn getting out of his car and walking in. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was here only like one minute late. He did, he did good This today. time. They, while they were in Columbia covering the tour, they also introduced the fact that Randy had a little bit of a pretty serious drinking problem in his past that he's that he's moved beyond but that there was a point where it was becoming a problem for the band so they kind of throw it out there that you know that he's battled some demons along yeah. the way but he seems like he's at a point now where he's about as good as he's ever been at least that's the the way the the narration of the movie would want you to believe he just seems like the kind of angry annoying drunk more than anything I, I else i can see that so they go from Colombia, and the next part of the tour is in India. Which who who books that travel? Is there a nonstop from Bogota to New Delhi or Delhi? Uh, or I, did they go straight there? I mean, we kind of jump cutted there, but or maybe I don't they know just didn't have any the controversial taxi drivers between the two. But but when we get to India, we get to meet this very bizarre Indian girl metal band. This was kind of a weird. Was that set up for the show, or was that for real? I don't know. I because because they set her up to she's listening and she's well she's the awkward she's singing along to the song but we don't actually hear the song itself she's just listening to it on her headphones and we're just hearing her poor vocals and we get a uh, a brief shot of her own band that she that yeah. she fronts which wham of god was was terrible <laughs> yeah it, it was really bad but also god bless her yeah so I would say roughly we're probably 20 or so minutes into the movie, and if you've never watched the trailer, 
you just start the movie, it's following the exact script of a musical documentary. And now they're on the plane, they're on the way to Prague, and everything's going fine. It's they're 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 killing it, they're touring, they're they're meeting fans. This is this is all going well. And then they land at the airport in Prague and they're not letting people get off the plane. And the policia are there. Uh, that's <laughs> wrong wrong country. I'm sorry. pretty sure. Was I still stuck in Bogota for a minute? So they even the band members are kind of saying like, "Well, man, some they, there must have been a bad dude on this plane. You know, something's something's fishy." And they're waiting. Well, then all of a sudden, the police let it be known they're looking for Randy, and they legit have mm. no idea. No idea why. So again, you know, unfortunately, you know, I had a little bit of it spoiled because I knew the plot. But if not, I think I'm thinking immediately. Well, yeah, he probably had some kind of you know drugs, narcotics in his bag. And they're they're running some kind of you know we got a tip drug bust on them, but no, not at all actually. They want to talk to Randy about a uh, a death he was involved in. Well, allegedly, allegedly. But this happened two years ago, and I really feel for Randy here because if this went down the way he said it was, he's completely caught off guard. So, well, of course, to quickly tell the story, they have crazy concerts every night. Crazy things happen. People are running into each other. There's stage diving. I would say intense would be an understatement. Yes. So apparently, with the last time they were in Prague, and we're going to get back to this in more detail as the story unfolds, but a guy allegedly jumped on stage, ran up to him, and he just kind of pushed the guy back off into the crowd, kept playing the show. You know, loaded out, went home, went on the tour, never heard, never thought about it, didn't remember it. He Had didn't no even idea. remember it happening. It happened so often. Yeah. Well, that guy apparently died. Yeah, apparently he fell at some point. The fan did. Yeah. And suffered a head injury, had bleeding on the brain, and the next day, two days later, something like that, passed away. Yep. Like a, he's like a 21, 22, 23-year-old dude, I think. Yeah. So Hold they, on. So they just kept playing the show. Yeah, I mean it was it was a crazy Man, show with bad security. They didn't know the guy was dead. How okay? WWE and he actually didn't die until after the concert. Like he got up, participated, left the concert, sits down on a bench, and goes, "My head hurts," yeah. and then's dead. Goes into a coma and dies. Right. So it wasn't over the edge. Nineteen ninety-eight. <laughs> Do you have to be somewhere? Are you are you be able to stay for the rest of the show? He had a brain bleed, apparently. He had a brain bleed. But I can tell you, somebody ending up on the ground and having to be helped out of there is not going to stop the showdown. Oh, no. Oh, no. And there was footage, uh, alleged footage of the incident. And when you even watch the video of what happened, it doesn't look like what Randy did. <laughs> There's alleged Just wait. footage. Well, hold on. Just wait. It makes sense in a minute. Yeah, it will, it will make sense well, at the end. It will make sense in a minute. Definitely. You don't want to get arrested and... Prague, because they'll just get a video of anyone doing anything and just say it was you. So you you see this guy, you see this guy runs on the stage. He 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 had tried to get on the stage two or three times. One time he jumps off on his own. The other time Randy pushes him. The third time a security guard like grabs him and pretty roughly throws him. Yeah. In. And to me, I'm going, okay, that's when he got the brain bleed. Is when right. the security guard threw him because what Randy's contact was incidental at best. This, yeah, this guy that that Randy pushed, if there was contact made. In that video, I definitely pushed somebody harder, uh, 
as a part of Team Escalante <laughs> <laughs> than he did at a, in a violent metal concert. So Which, go ahead, go ahead. Was the the concert in question where the dude died or died later? That was in Prague, correct. And they waited two years for them to come back to make this arrest, and they had never reached out to him. He had no idea what he was walking into. They had the, but they knew he was coming. They had it. They were waiting for him at the airport. So essentially, they leave that stop off the tour none of this ever happens i guess so yeah yeah there's nothing i mean we're not gonna we're not gonna agree to extradition on something like this well, not they, randy no but if they you know they send this video to someone in the u.s and they're just gonna look at it and be like you have nothing you have nothing <laughs> it's just a video of a guy doing parkour yeah. <laughs> no i mean they even said that at the beginning when the the legal case kicks off that yeah, of course his attorney is going to say, well, you know, Randy's not guilty. That's pretty standard. But I think he had a good point. <laughs> That's like what a good attorney would say. Yeah, but I think he had a good point that this entire case is just ridiculous. And this would yeah. never even get off the ground if this was in the U.S. Yeah. And here's another questionable thing about the Prague justice system. So Randy gets thrown in the Prague jail, immediately posts his bail, but that doesn't get him out of jail. <laughs> No, no. He just posted the bail, but he has to stay in jail. So what's up with that? I don't know. They felt he was a uh, he was going to leave the country and well, never and, return. And he did, but, but but in his defense, he when they finally did let him out of jail, he immediately flies back to New York, but did it with the blessing of the officials, with the understanding that he would come back from the trial. Yeah. So at you this point, don't ever go yeah, back. At this point, I'm right now like if I get out of Prague, I'm never going back to Prague. In fact, I'm probably not even going back to Europe, and I'm just going to ride this one out on the yeah. Bench. And this this all goes back to the beginning of this guy's just he's you know he's had his issues, he's had his problems, he's kind of just a good dude. So we find out a little more about what he's going to be facing in Prague. So the first thing is they do not have jury trials in Prague. You try the case in front of a judge, or actually a panel of three judges. And they make the decision. It's their call. What they say is final. They don't just have like, they show the video online and you thumbs up or thumbs down, <laughs> whichever wins. Well, it feels like, feels like Randy could probably get the supporting of the Lamb of God faithful for that one. <laughs> they have the graphs on the computer. <laughs> Who gets to 50% gets control. So my reaction as I'm watching this, so I'm not even a fan of Lamb of God, but I've grown fond of Randy in the first 30 or 40 minutes. So when I see the video, I'm like incensed. I'm like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. How could they arrest him for this? I'm, I'm livid, right? But then they're asking the band members and Randy, and these guys are shockingly concerned about the dead fan like that they just found out about. Yeah. And they're all... To, to the point of tears. To the point of they're like, I can't believe one of our fans died at our concert. And they're so like legitimately upset. And I'm going... Like, this guy's family is trying to ruin your career. The The video shows that you did nothing wrong, but they're legit yeah. contrite about it, which I think ends up serving them well in the end. But I, I, would, so not, I would not have been there. So I, I give all of them credit for their, uh, for their hearts. But as they we start the, the trial, and they've got attorneys that are over in Prague, I guess maybe some of those have been appointed for them. Well, I, but then I, they have their own legal yeah, counsel they brought as well. Their own, so it was kind of a combination. And there was there was the very unstable, you say in English, then I'll say yeah. in Czech, uh, and yeah. And they are the band is is quite literally selling off like merchandise and everything to pay his legal fees. Yes, 
And they then they were actually collecting like doing fundraisers from fans to get money to pay for this too, which was awesome. Yeah. What year is this? 2012. 2012. 2012, 2013 is when it all occurred. So, Glenn, you don't have to give an exact figure, but ballpark. <laughs> how much did is you there a comma? How much did you donate to the <laughs> Keep Randy Out of Prague Jail GoFundMe? None, but I think I I'm wanted to go and see if I could search the hashtag, but I'm pretty sure at one point during the year 2012 that I posted something that had the hashtag of free Randy Bly. <laughs> In fact, I would almost guarantee it. That didn't catch on like free Meek Mill? <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite. They, the trial gets kicked off and again, you know, Randy is able, when they're asking them questions, is really showing this like genuine sadness and emotion about what happened. Cut his hair, though. Did cut his hair. I, no dreadlocks. Hey, you He's, know, it's kind of one of those things. No, you got to do that. That's If this is, this is like, you know, they have the rainy day speech, like, this is your rainy day, man. Whatever you've been saving up, like, get the oh, yeah. haircut, get the suit. Sounds like he sold out. Some hilarious moments, though, to uh-oh. me. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Go ahead. <laughs> the, the judge is like, you know, the 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 Czech judge is going like, uh, what, what? I, I can't do it. It's, it's going <laughs> to oh, sound too. It's going to sound too far east. Wow. But he's like, he's like having oh, to give. Oh, me so sorry. <laughs> he's having to give like answer. It's, it sounded like the Zuckerberg trial. He's having to like technically explain what moshing is. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. To like a guy that has no idea. So what is moshing? And well, it's when everybody gets so excited from the music that they just kind of bang into each other. You know. What is Facebook? <laughs> you make money from selling ads. That doesn't sound right. How do guitars work? <laughs> oh, yes. My first... Oh, I switched page. And my first note is, Randy got a haircut for court. <laughs> well, can, I, can I ask an uncomfortable question? Yes. So, Randy was appointed an interpreter for the entire trial, who seemed to be doing a very good job. As far as you know. Um... One thing I noticed, and this will, we won't jump as far as like the verdict and all that, but as far as you saw her at the beginning of the trial sitting next to Randy, things would be said. He would look over at her because he doesn't speak Czech, Prague, whatever it is, and then she would translate and then he would nod. Then towards the end of the trial, when we dismissed, she stood up. She was basically the same height standing up as sitting in the chair. So was she a little person? Dwarf midget. Little person, I think you should revisit it because I think I think I must have missed that. I think she was a small person. I must have missed that. So they they appointed him a small person interpreter. That's how much they thought of him. So then the big break in the case happens, and Dave, this goes back to your point earlier. This is like me prosecuting a murder case, <laughs> just randomly. So they're watching the video of the guy that died, and then the break in the case happens. The guy that was in that video is like. Hey guys, I'm still alive. <laughs> that the guy that died, the, the guy that you're watching the video, that wasn't me. So tell me that the way that was introduced was as they're showing the video in court, you just hear the Steve Austin glass break and he walks in from the back. No, Johnny Prague walks in and just says, Surprise, I'm here. And he's like, Yeah, that's not it was Daniel Nozick was the yeah, guy that died. No, I very think. good, very good. Did I the Mavs draft him? <laughs> Is the guy who's seven nine <laughs> touched the top of the backboard and the floor at the same time? Um, no, but the, the fan on that guy, the guy that really jumped off the stage, whatever. I guess the video had been circulating once they started the trial and everything. 
and uh, yeah, he volunteers yeah. and says, "That's that's me." Yeah, he he's watching the news at home and he's seeing the trial news and he's like, "What?" Yeah, because I'm sure he <laughs> remembers like, being thrown off the stage by a security guard. Yeah. Oh no, I died. <laughs> and they're putting it on Randy. This is terrible. <laughs> yeah, but I do think there's a that's a funny dichotomy because you have all these like hardcore. Lamb of God fans that are that are pretty much their allegiance is always going to go with the band, like even yeah. if it was worse than they when they, they thought. But what this ends up meaning is that there's no video of the incident, so now well. it's really coming into a situation. So of, now essentially we just have a dead guy. You just have someone who died, <laughs> right? And now you've got testimony from his friends that were there, and none of them jive. It was yeah. Mm. It was inconsistent. People that didn't see or didn't remember, but then others that would say they would talk about how he got up on the stage and how he was pushed, but the yeah, and mechanisms. Some people, yeah, were, some people are going like, Yeah, you know, security told him not to, and some people are saying nobody there wasn't any security and like all nothing in any of the stories, the details don't add up. So did the family know that wasn't him in the video? No, not not at the outset. Yeah, the the guy in the video is the one that outed himself as being the guy in the video. Yeah, which is pretty. The funny. family didn't like. They weren't just trying to pull one over. No, and in fact, the victim's uncle came up with probably some of the best testimony for Randy in the long run. Even though it was really sad about him dying, but it was basically like, yeah, this is probably an accident. Like you know, he knew what he was getting into, you know, he was healthy, like he he climbed up on the stage, he bypassed security, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much said everything that would, basically everything that Tony Stewart needed uh, to be said. <laughs> oh my. Talk about a negligent homicide, man. man. Mm. Did, did you notice that, um, so the, we start the trial, and I think it was even before we got to the, hey, the guy in the video is still actually alive. <laughs> but like after the first few days of the trial, then there's the front page in the newspaper, Lamb of God, lead singer on trial, blah, 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 blah. And of course, it's a murder case. And they use the picture where Randy is like looking at somebody and smiling and laughing. <laughs> like we'll paint this guy like he doesn't even care. He's just going to go around and just kill all your sons. <laughs> and then laugh about it. Yeah, and then laugh about it after their head injuries. So... What if that guy never comes forward? I think I still think that the outcome's going to be okay for Randy because he really didn't do anything in the video that I think you could constitute even an intent to harm. I mean, he was basically just like getting the guy away from him, but it certainly helped the case to have the guy come forward. So there was I guess the first part of the legal process more like a preliminary thing entering a plea and everything because then he comes back to the u.s for several months before he goes for for the the real the real deal so did they tour when he came back funny you should mention that guys gotta eat man because they did and i had to do a little research but on december 7th 2012 at the palladium ballroom this guy saw him Saw him play between between, between the two, hearing and the between trial. two trials. So you're close friends with at least two murderers. Um, whoa, close friends? I don't know. So uh, acquaintance. I don't know if Tommy two underscore zero noticed this, but when when he returned to the U.S. in between the trials, and they were waiting for him at the airport. Did you notice that Mark Morton was wearing a Paul Menard cap? No! How did I miss that? 
He was wearing a backwards number 27. Oh my gosh. How did I miss that? That 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 could be the moment of the movie for me and I missed it. <sighs> I can't believe you missed that too. Um so then they they get back. He's in the U.S. for a period of time. It was actually several months. I mean, I think it was something like seven, eight months or so before Still he went back. Still can't believe he went back. Then, so they tour for a while. They're playing some gigs and stuff. They play at something that's called Not Fest, and I think that was their first show back. And you get a little one-on-one with the lead singer of Slipknot just talking about the band and him individually just Glad to see that he's free and not rotting in a prison somewhere. A Prague prison. Yeah. Um, one thing that wasn't mentioned, and this may have been at his request, but may also play into at least his high level of sympathy that he had for a family losing their child, was that in uh, Randy's first marriage, they had a baby that had some sort of, I think it was like a heart defect or some such that the baby was going to be born, then they would have to immediately do surgery and kind of fingers crossed we can fix it and they'll be okay. But the baby was born prematurely and it was too small mm. to to do the surgery. So essentially he, he and his first wife had a child and it was one of those, they're born and they live a matter of moments and then they're gone. Mm. So I think that probably could have played largely into him being so heartbroken on the fact of whoever's fault it was or it was a complete accident, but something they had something to do with cost someone their life. I think that played a major factor here. Yeah, no, I, I agree. So let's, let's just kind of fast forward to the end of the trial. Cause I think we've covered all the big pieces of the trial. So it's time for the, the panel of three judges have ruled. They're going to read the verdict they had to be doing a rib on Randy at this point because they could not have drug out the <laughs> reading of the verdict any longer before they get to the important part. They they take the time to read every bit of the charge. Then they then they say, Randy, whatever middle name is, Blythe, they give his date of birth. Like yeah, all this unnecessary. Why is the date of birth? Like the only thing they didn't have was like the big group of dancers to come out and have the judges walk down the middle or right. something like they that. They read his discography. <laughs> right. And then and then of course, so he's he's reading it. You've got the interpreter whispering in English in the in his ear what's going on. Yeah. And even and even that um, and then, of course, the terminology they use for saying it was vacated or whatever, like Randy's not tracking that that's good. Yeah, he's like, I, I don't I don't know yeah, what's and going on. And then on. the interpreter's having to like freestyle. She's like, hey, no, this is good. Like, you're he, done. He's got a look of concern on his face. And he, in the, in the one-on-one interviews, when we're at this point back in the Czech Republic, and they do a lot of on-the-street interviews, and like he's looking at the prison, and he's very much like, I don't want to go back there, but... I kind of think that something's going to happen where I'm going to have to go back. And if I do, I do. But he knows he's innocent. And he basically said, no matter what happens, they can't, they can't make me guilty. But if they send me there, I'm, I'm going to go. Yeah. So I don't know if that's just more kind of a mental gymnastics thing. If you just, that's the only way to prepare yourself for something like that and not just fall apart. If they had said, no, yeah, was, you're guilty and you're doing prepared, 10 years. Yeah, he was prepared to do the time. I, I, give, him, I give him lots of credit for, for going back, for facing the music, and, and thankfully in this case that the, uh, 
the three judge tribunal saw the facts for what they were and and uh, was it a vacated the charge split decision? Do we know? I think this was a unanimous. I think this was unanimous. I don't. I don't think there was a. But it didn't come down to the, the third judge or anything like that. It does bring us Hold to on. an interesting. Can point. I ask one quick question? Oh yeah. Before we move on. Yeah. If, how did you enjoy? I forgot to ask you. How did you like? Oh, it, it was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It seems like it. it sounds if, like you really paid a lot of attention when you watched if it. Glenn or Tommy, you find yourself on trial in Prague. <laughs> Tommy's already said he's not going back. He wouldn't go back. No, I. You'd have to drag. You'd have to drag me out of Plano, Texas, I'm kicking not, and screaming. I'm not going to say. I'm, I kind of actually agree with Tommy on that. But wouldn't at some point in the multi-day trial, you turn to your interpreter and be like, "Listen, you're doing a great job. I want you to teach me the words for guilty and not guilty." <laughs> So I know myself. Like, so you could be sitting on a trigger there. Like I'm, I'm looking for two words here. Um, I like that. Yeah, but it seems like they even, to Tommy's point, when they finally gave the verdict, they even like danced around that. Like they were like, okay, let's go to the Czech thesaurus <laughs> and find all the words like that the are most, similar to guilty and not guilty. Conv- let's, let's think of the most convoluted way to explain the sentence possible. And they didn't really, uh, they didn't do a whole lot to, didn't seem like the prosecution to just go after his character and no, I think label they, him. They I think played they played it perfect because what you really want is you want them to see that somebody that t- realizes the severity of this, but also is not involved. Yeah, and I think I think if you spend a lot of time discrediting the guy and talking about how he's drunk or on drugs and yeah. and d- dug up his past, I think that actually plays against you. I think Randy's play was to do exactly what he did. Yeah. Because they really, the prosecuting counsel just they more focused on like the concerts themselves right. and not really him. Right. Just trying to understand the lay of the land. Yeah, because I mean, there's like you said, there's a history of drug use, alcoholism. The band was originally called Burn the Priest. That's probably not a. Probably, that's probably not a great. Probably things you want to leave out of the discovery process. If, if Prague might be in the Eastern Hemisphere Bible Belt. Uh, you know, that's probably not what they want to hear. I think it's in the Eastern Block. Whatever. Does sure. it matter? Do I've they, got a couple of... Uh, how many casas do they have there? <laughs> I've got a couple of uh, just bigger topics that came to mind watching the documentary. Okay. What was... What's so... Obviously, I before Dave got here, I was just talking about just how ridiculous those videos were of the concerts. So what's the craziest thing you've ever seen at a concert? Ever seen or been a part of experience? Like just it from could a, be, it could be something that happened in the crowd. It could be something a performer did. But what's like? I've what's the shock value for I you? I mean, I've seen. Okay, I think the weirdest thing I ever saw was a guy that, in the midst of the whole pit area, just kind of got rolled up. Somebody rolled up underneath him, and he he definitely broke his ankle. Oh. And he was on the ground grabbing his ankle, but he couldn't get up and walk. And then a guy comes over who's dressed like one of the characters from Mortal Kombat and just lifts him up and just carries him off. I think that was the weirdest thing. So that guy was that guy was there in costume. He was not. Well, the co- concert was on a Halloween night. He was not so event staff. No, he was not event staff. Because and he said nothing, like he just walked over, lifted the guy up, and walked off. And I was like. 
I I didn't know what guardian angel depth of hell he was taking him to. <laughs> <laughs> the guy like five minutes later is like, no, I want to go back. I want to go back. That's probably the strangest thing. I mean, I don't know. I've been to a lot of shows, and I've been to shows where you know at bigger venues where they're like, let's open up this whole floor and like everybody is just like circling or whatever, and that's. Those were interesting. Yeah. Those were a little violent. I have taken, you know, like an, an elbow or something to the throat and been just basically dropped to my knees before. But it's all in good fun, guys. You so you don't retaliate once. when that happens? No, it's kind of an understanding. Nobody's there to hurt anybody. And if somebody falls down, it's like yeah, you pick people up. And the guy who's out there like cheap-shotting people, that's... That's frowned upon. It's unwritten rules. It's unwritten rules. It's kind of like stealing when you're up seven nothing. If you're out there cheap shotting, somebody's going to see it and you're going to end up on your back sooner. <laughs> you're going to take one in the ear hole, as it were. Oh yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. Weird things that I've seen. So you go to the, you've been to the Palladium, yeah. Southside Ballroom, whatever it's called these days. Southside these days. Yeah. So you know when you when you first walk in kind of by where the where they would normally sell the t-shirts and where the bar is and yep. stuff. So I went we went to a uh EDM there one time. Is that where you wear like leather and yeah. beat each other up? No, you don't beat each other up, but no. there's like if you're if you're a female, you pretty much are wearing your underwear maybe with some angel wings attached to them. Yeah. More interested? Yeah. So <laughs> I've been to, you know, I've been to a few fair amount of shows at Southside or Palladium, and I'm pretty familiar with how it's laid out. Well, when I walk in this day, they have a huge area of that that front where you walk in cordoned off with a, a like a tent set up inside, and it says medical triage. And I thought, well, that's really weird. Like they would have a medical triage tent set up inside the Palladium. Well, the reason is, is because at these EDM shows, so many people show up taking like LSD and like other kind of like psychotic, you know, or, or yeah. psychedelics that, that they have to have like medical personnel there with, to like rehabilitate them and save shot them and stuff. You know, go ahead. Go ahead. So, so we're, we're watching the show and they have these guys in like yellow, you know, yellow emergency medical, Along the perimeter, and I kid you not, like just ready three or go. four times, like because people there, I mean, are just frenetically dancing. Somebody would just just be dancing, and then just go straight out cold to the ground, and they would run in, grab him, and take him to the triage tent. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I think the, the weirdest thing I saw was at Edge Fest one year, and it was hot. Even though that concert's usually in April or May. Yeah, but, but you it was always run the risk of the hot day. No, it was like ninety-five degrees hot and this is the middle of the afternoon and i think this girl was just you know she's probably drinking a lot and not water and she just passed out because she was drunk dehydrated you know whatever and she passes out and she falls back and i mean her eyes are closed but she's breathing but her boyfriend like panics he's like oh my god oh my god immediately i'm talking immediately Starts doing chest compressions. <laughs> and my wife was there and and immediately pulled him off of her and she's like, "What are you, an idiot? Let me do it." Well, no, but uh, you're gonna you're gonna break her sternum for no reason. Yeah, yeah for she's breathing. No her reason. heart is still beating. 
So that was probably the wildest thing. Now, all I did was turn around and be like, man, that's weird, and then turn back around and watch the band. But that's not what I expected to see that day. And I, I think if people go back to like episode four when we talked about the concert fake, experience. Fake T.O. There was the fake T.O. There was the Pantera show where somebody tried to slide a couple fingers in somebody. Yeah, yeah. Just go back. I can't yeah. retell that story again. Not in this day and age. I had one more to add, and this was just from a couple of weeks ago. This is the most shocking thing I ever saw coming from the stage. We went to see this um, to see Matt and Kim. I think I told you guys that. So yeah. Kim, Kim's a little, uh, she's a little uh, NC seventeen mm. in her performance, but she's a she's a drummer, and during a song, she decided to um, abandon the drumsticks. And replace them with just gigantic dills. <laughs> so she plays a whole song just beating the drums with these just big dills flopping around and then <laughs> and then took off her shirt. So uh yeah. She threw them out in the crowd afterwards. She did. And somebody caught one and was like, yeah! <laughs> and it was me. <laughs> uh Dave? Anything shocking? No. No, I don't go to EDM or whatever in the world kind of music it is Glenn listens to. So what was what was what's the extent of your review of of Kim Kim's performance there? Oh, it was great. It was actually great. Yeah, it was really really fun. The shirt went back on after. Oh yeah, that? the shirt just came off for a second, went right back down. Oh, uh, okay. just more of a flash. I, mean, I shouldn't say the shirt came all the way. Oh, uh, okay. She more like flashed, ran across the stage, ran back, pulled it back. We down. want to be respectful. Just tasteful, just a classy amount. Yeah. They actually did the uh, Wall of Death there, and I'd never been a part of that, but it was pretty... They kind of just skipped toward each other and no, they're, they're, touch tips. they're hardcore. I mean, she's like... I mean, I've never heard somebody drop that many F-bombs from the stage, and she she had everybody, and she said... This is what she said. Is she, she got in the middle of the stage, and she stood here, and she said... Use my vagina as the line. <laughs> and I want everybody on this side of my vagina to go this way. And then they did a wall of death. And that's what she used as a sign. And she said, uh, she said, this is a direct quote. She said, uh, she said, I want to make the gap as wide as my vagina. And Lord knows it's wide because there's been a lot of D's up there. Oh, my God. Oh my! <laughs> and uh, yes, my sweet, sweet wife, who uh, I go to church with every Sunday, was <laughs> like, "All right, <laughs> okay, we're uh, all right. We're gonna continue on now. We're we're definitely uh, we're definitely doing this." A couple other just big topics from the show, though. I I think I have an unnecessary fear of the foreign justice system in general. Like, I don't travel out of the U.S. hardly at all. I mean, just a handful of times in my life, but every time I have, I've always feared running afoul of local authorities for the very reason that Randy had. I, th- I just think that they do things in other countries just a little bit off. I think that's fair. I don't think I have a fear of it, like in general, like I wouldn't travel there at all, but I think I would think about that if you were in... I don't think I include Canada on this list. I think I feel pretty safe there. Yeah. Maybe not if it's the French part. Yeah, watch out. <laughs> we know 
French can't be trusted. But this statement's going to be oddly positioned against my next statement, but maybe Prague's justice system doesn't have a bad idea there with just the uh, three judges. Uh, no jury? No jury. Oh, I... Hey. I think they might be on to something. I've said forever. Prague. I think juror should be a profession. And not a... Uh, not something that you're compelled by the county to do? You basically have a trial, and it's however many people on the jury. None of them want to be there. And then, you know, half the time it's... Um, you hear about it a lot, especially in, like, you know, kind of corporate trials, is they're trying to explain, like, intricate to. financial and business practices to, you know, people that just have no frame of reference in that world. Like, it's... And then you're like trying to dumb it down so people understand it, yet also, you know, get in the intricacies to make a case. Like it, it's just insane that that's. You're explaining it to somebody that gets up every morning and looks at their bank balance to see how much money they have for that day. <laughs> yeah, to see how many Jack in the Box tacos they can buy, and they don't and, think about what bill might come tomorrow. Yeah, now they're they're one of a very few people that are going to decide the destiny of some <laughs> poor, you know executive or you know whatever when the corporate world I and mean also like the jury charge as to what they're supposed to determine can be written in a very confusing fashion mm-hmm. which is just yeah get the whole thing sideways but i mean we take things that get litigated and sometimes it goes it's going to go to a level with the jury first before you get to any kind of court of appeals i mean we'll even say you know what we're not going to spend as much money legal fee wise and prep wise because our chances at the level above that are like 80% or better. And in front of a jury, it's like 50% at best because I mean, typically wild cards, juries kind of dumb and judges tend to be smart. Exactly. So, so overall thoughts, I really liked this. And I feel like even though this was assigned as a penalty, it was actually a, very enjoyable experience, and I would recommend that anybody that hasn't seen it that's listening to the podcast watch it because I thought it was great. Wow, like, I, I would break too. Dave, Point Break Dave, for instance, maybe you should watch it. No, yeah. I was going to say it was great. Everyone should watch it. So we got a couple of of Lamb of God related tweets. Uh, did Randy tweet us? No, he did not. Bradley, is it Matheson? I don't know if I'm saying that right. I will go ahead and apologize. So he has a couple of questions. I think one of these is trolling the band, saying if you've been nominated for a Grammy five times and never won, would you even go to the award show if you were nominated a sixth time? Absolutely. Well, of course I was. Yeah. It's, it seems like for that genre, the six is probably a pretty special number. So <laughs> It also seems like... Of course you would. The guy went back to Prague facing <laughs> certain imprisonment, so <laughs> he's going to go to the Grammys. He's going to go to the Grammys. <laughs> <laughs> His other question is whether are they a groove metal band or a punk rock band that plays heavy metal? I think they cleared up really early in the documentary that they're one of the few pure metal bands left that that doesn't fit into a weird genre. Didn't they didn't Yeah. Didn't the guy from Guar say that? Yeah, I mean I I think uh out of those two choices they would fit more into the groove metal genre which is There was nothing groovy about it. Well, I mean that I think that's more hard to describe the term but that that's kind of how pantera was described before dimebag got murdered wait a minute dimebag got murdered he did breaking news did Um, randy kill him 
No. Randy doesn't believe in guns. He only pushes people to their death. But they were a groove metal band. And in my mind, Lamb of God is just a heavier version of Pantera. So that answers that question. As much as I liked the documentary, every bit of music they played in there was terrible. I thought it was great. So uh, we may revisit this topic a little bit, hopefully not the murder aspect, because today's May 23rd. In just under four weeks, the Bomb Factory, I will be seeing Lamb of God in concert. Really? All right. Well, don't get on the stage. Yeah. How not, tall is the stage there? Not getting on the stage. Not jumping off of it. Not getting pushed. Yeah, I'm probably going to get pushed by somebody, but probably by not not by anybody that's actually uh, in the band. Being paid to be there. What if yeah. you're on the stage with Randy and Josh Hamilton throws you a ball? Something! Survival! That's right!